The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Not sure how to start that, so just hello. Yeah, well, I mean, that is a way to start a conversation. <laughs> uh, welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. And I got a, 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 a hangover of sorts. Oh, yeah? I got a cold sore. Is that what happens when you drink? <laughs> Because maybe you shouldn't drink anymore. <laughs> yes, every every time I drink, I, my face is just riddled with cold sores. You know, I kind of almost wish that, that did happen to me. And maybe I wouldn't <laughs> drink so much. No, it, it's weird. This happens to me. Like, uh, yeah, I picked up a old case of oral herpes way back in the cocaine days. Uh, let that be a lesson to you. Oh yeah, man, <laughs> it's a good lesson. <laughs> it's oh, it's a lesson that shows itself on my face every six months or so. Uh, but the weird thing is now is the only time I get cold sores is right after a big stress depression, uh, which I went through uh, recently. You know, I mean, fuck, I go through them all the time. But like after like big like stress depression, because mm-hmm. like stress depressions are different from normal depressions. You know what I'm talking about when I say stress depression? Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. It's That's most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Yeah. And, and it's hard to... To really uh, pinpoint the chicken and the egg type of thing here is like, does the stress cause the depression? Does the depression cause stress or is it just a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it just depends on what that specific situation is. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of times, usually I feel my stress creates the depression. Yeah. Because I'm constantly stressed. But (laughs) that's my life, baby. (laughs) But I don't get cold sores because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I do drink way too much, though, so I have the normal hangovers. <laughs> well, that's the weird thing is that uh, the cold sores never come about while I'm in the middle of it. They always come out when I'm happy. Like after I've kind of resolved things and figured shit out uh, and gotten to a, like a good place, that's when it just kind of like pops up like, Oh, no, you don't. (laughs) You thought you were happy, but you're not anymore. The weird thing is that this is, uh, I think, the first time that that I've been like, yeah, all right, whatever. Who gives a shit? Like, who cares? Because that's one of the things that I've been working on a lot lately is uh, accepting shit. Uh, not worrying a lot about things, not getting frustrated with things. And I think that's more what it is than anything, is uh, frustration. I have a real hard time with frustration. Real bad problem getting frustrated with shit. Uh, And that in the past, you know, when I've kind of gone through the thing and had like a a time of relaxation, then it pops up. I'm like, fuck, oh, all right, Uh, another thing. And then it kind of starts the cycle anew. Uh, But this time it's like, nope, all right. Well, just fucking get some of that abriva and just uh, pop some of that white shit on my face every 10 minutes and whatever. But I wonder if it's because you are finally seeing it as the end of it rather than the beginning. But then the beginning of the next one? Yeah, right. That you're mm-hmm. seeing it as the end of your last stress depression rather than seeing it as the cycle starting again. This is the end. I mean, it's like when you get a massage. You usually get sick afterwards. Yeah. It's the release of toxins in your body that your face is like, well... Oh, we're done with that, but you're going to have to deal with, I'm going to put some trash on your face for a little bit, (laughs) but it's because it's finally not in your brain anymore and Mm -hmm. it's not held in your body anymore. It's just a physical thing that you can deal with. Yeah. That's something, I I mean, honestly, I'd rather deal with a cold sore 
then deal with a stress depression. Oh, God, yes. You know? Yeah. No, this just means I can't, like, uh, you know, kiss the lady for a couple of days. That's fine. That's just a fun. few days. Yeah, you can, I, I can absolutely handle that. It's uh, like Julia Roberts <laughs> and Pretty Woman. She doesn't kiss? She never kisses on the mouth. Oh, my God. Yeah, because her lips are sacred. So your lips are sacred for a few days. <laughs> uh, sorry, darling, can't kiss. I'm sacred right now. I'm sorry, my lips are sacred, but you can have the rest of me. You just can't have my lips. And give me five dollars. <laughs> five dollars, that's all you're worth? She gets a discount. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. Girlfriend discount. <laughs> no, but I think it's good. I think it's just a matter of perspective of it, and I think that's why you're taking it in stride. I think that there's an end to a lot, like whenever you have a stress depression, I think that's an interesting thing to focus on when you finally feel better again is okay wh- what what is different now than before you know it's like it, to see the end to acknowledge the fact that it's over you have an actual physical thing which is great mm-hmm. i mean it's not great but it's great yeah that it's harder for people that don't have a manifestation of the end of it to recognize when they're feeling better yeah it's like god put a period on my face you know what <laughs> How many times I'm like, oh, God, am I pregnant? And I literally have a period. I'm like, nah, not this month, baby. Okay, well, God didn't put a period on my face. Bad decisions I made while doing cocaine all the time put a period on my face. But it could be God working in mysterious ways. You never know. Fate fate is working for Tuna hath spun his wheel. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's all a part of uh, all the shit that I've uh, been talking about for the last few weeks it is looking uh, not at why things go bad, but what's going on when things are going good. What I'm what am I doing right when things are going good and what am I uh, what gets me into those stressful moments and which the stress turns into anxiety turns into depression. Uh, and that's what I'm looking at right now is like not letting the frustration build up inside of me, uh, whether it be professionally or personally or anything like that. And a lot of it has to do with just talking about the shit that's bothering you and not being nice all the time. Uh, because that's one of the problems that I've had, uh, is just not, you know, and just being like, well, you know, you just gotta have to, you have to be a good person and not complain, uh, and not, uh, air your grievances. You just got to figure it out. You can figure it out. You're a smart guy. You can figure this shit out. Uh, and just, deal with it. Uh, But there's a big difference between just complaining all the time uh, and actually voicing when you're bothered by something, Mm -hmm. when you've got a problem, because those little things turn into big things. And that's kind of the hard thing of uh, being in any sort of relationship is wondering like, okay, what is some petty bullshit that I'm just complaining about? And what is uh, an actual thing that we need to talk about to keep this relationship from fucking exploding? Honestly, it's like, I mean, every relationship you have, and honestly, or just your body, it's a pressure cooker. Yeah. Even a pressure cooker has a thing on top that, because it's got to release some steam, the fuck thing's going to explode. And that there are certain times that you have to realize the good steam to let out to make your meat tender. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. But what is the good steam? I I think it depends. I mean, I use humor. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times that, I mean, and I'm not talking about just like regular communication, but it makes me think of at work, 
I'm a customer service person. So I constantly like people say to me all the time, you're always so happy. How do you do it? Obviously, because I'm pretending like I'm someone else. It's your job. It's my job. I I make tips. That's what I do. But then I, I was thinking about this today because there's this one customer that comes in probably once or twice a week. He's an older man who is like a spitfire, mm-hmm. who gives shit to everybody. Oh, yeah. But he likes me, and he calls me the mean lady. But when <laughs> he's there, I can say whatever. I make fun of him. I say, but joke-wise, I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not, I'm like, I roast him. Yeah. And it makes me feel better. And I've told him that before, and he's like, oh, I know. It's like, why do you think I call you the mean lady? Because I like to poke at you, poke at you, because you got to get it out sometimes. And he's right. Wow, he does know you. That's It's very weird. This is a like, wizened old man. I know, and he was like, there was a long line, and he's just like, hey, you're taking too long. And I was like, well, if you leave, it would, the line would be shorter. <laughs> You know, like that kind of shit where I, I don't I wouldn't say that to someone else, mm-hmm. but he it, it that's my good steam. Yeah. When I'm when I'm in a professional setting like that, that's my good steam. Yeah. Actually, in a relationship wise uh, setting, too, is I have actually started like kind of using humor like, yeah, giving you shit. But you know what? That also bothers me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because <laughs> it, it makes time. them listen to you a yeah. little bit more. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not just like well, when you say that it makes because there are times you need to talk like that. There are times that do allow you to communicate in that vein. But sometimes I feel like your communication skills go further if you not only are having a good conversation about it, but if you're kind of joking mm-hmm. while you do it. Yeah, sugar the pill a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then it it ends up into a more intense conversation overall. Because, you know, it, humor is just, no, that's what my mom always said, sarcasm is veiled anger. <laughs> Every time I was sarcastic to her, just like, well, you want me to be bitchy right now? <laughs> no, you don't want me to be bitchy. So, sarcasm is veiled anger. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I use it. <laughs> no, sometimes it's just a joke, but she doesn't understand that. Of course. Uh I th- yeah, I think uh, one of the big things is not letting the frustration build is just kind of saying what I mean and just being honest uh, because those little things, they can add up after a while. Uh, and that's one of the things that, you know, turned me uh, into a basket case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do is just not be a basket case any longer. Let the steam out. I'm letting the steam, baby. <laughs> I really hate the sound of a pressure cooker. It really bothers me. <laughs> well, let's get to our letters for today. <laughs> uh, what are we going to call this man? Um, cloven hoof. Ooh, he's like a goat. Mm-hmm. Like a devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is I, Jackie and Marcus. In the last year, I've started casually dating and hooking up after my depression ended an eight-year relationship. Prior to this, my sexual history was limited to two long-term relationships. Now, at 31 and far from perfect, years of therapy have put me in a relatively good place. Congratulations. Hell yeah. I've always pursued older women for their sexual experience and emotional maturity, but just over a month ago, I wanted to risk something more meaningless and matched with a 22-year-old college student. The past six weeks have built into something I've described to friends as scary. I was going to be a playboy and gentleman for years, but now I can't get her off my mind. My usual rotation of death and doom metal, kudos Marcus to your taste, oh boy, thank you, uh, <laughs> is now supplanted by Sam Cooke, The Four Tops, and more. Mama Cass is literally belting in my damn ears now. 
fucking love Mama Cass. Man, I love Mama Cass. Sounds like you're making your own kind of music. Book. Hell yeah. <laughs> you got to sing your own special song. <laughs> Although there's a tough exterior, she recently shared similar feelings to mine. Great. Except that she'll be graduating and taking a job in San Diego while I live in L.A. Additionally, she's expecting to work six days a week to save for grad school. She's asked for space to think, something I've happily provided, but should I respectfully question her if she says no to continuing the relationship? I've said and believe that her long-term happiness is more important than my desires, but she's admitted to a history of running away. Her longest relationship was only three months, and I'm afraid she might create a similar excuse. It's obviously very early for a challenge like this, but friends have encouraged me to go for it as I've never had such good compatibility. I believe she's intellectually superior to me. Her maturity is beyond her years and sex is equal parts kinky and emotional i've genuinely just enjoyed every moment with her am i crazy blind to something what say ye oh wise sages clovenhoof we are not wise but thank you yes i i do <laughs> i do appreciate i appreciate that as with everything please take our advice with a grain of salt i think it's great that you have stretched yourself. Yeah. I think that this is a time that you needed to stretch yourself. You needed to see what you were capable of. And the fact that you said that you were looking to be a playboy, looking to do that kind of stuff, maybe you do it. Yeah. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong. I think that you can see this, that like if she wants to continue it and you want to try and work on it, definitely try and work on it. But also, if you can see this almost as like a muse for yourself to tell you, I can do this. Yeah. This is fun. That there are there are other people like that out there, younger and older, that can show you new things and make you feel differently than you'd ever felt before. And if she has a history of running away from something and you think that that's what she's doing, then let her run. Yeah. It will make her happy in the long run. And if she doesn't want to keep a long-distance relationship, which is hard at 22. Honestly, it's hard at any age yeah. to keep a long-distance relationship. In L.A. and to San Diego, how far is that? Like three hours or I something? I think so. Yeah, it could, it could be more. But even then, like even anything over an hour. It's, hell, when I was dating Carolina, I lived in Brooklyn. She lived in Queens, and it damn near, near felt like a fucking long-distance relationship because mm-hmm. it took an hour and 20 minutes to get to her place on the train. Uh, three hours is... Yeah, that's long distance. Yes. Yeah. I think, but I, it just sounds like you're in a much better place than you were in. And you got to respect that. Like, see it for what it is that she helped you get to a much better place. Because that's all, you know, especially short relationships or long relationships, is that all you can do is realize what you're learning from this person. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you're not only learning a lot about yourself over in all of your work and trying to work on yourself, that you needed someone to come in and be like, hey, man, you still got it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I agree with that completely. Really, I mean, if she's living in San Diego and you're living in LA and she's working six days a week to save for grad school, you know, that's a perfectly reasonable explanation for why she may not want a relationship. And just because you're not in a relationship doesn't mean you can't still stay in touch with each other. Oh, yeah. Uh, you don't want to push her too hard. Uh, because I actually have been a, in a pretty similar relationship uh, to what you're in. Not being 31, I was in college and a girl moved away. She moved back to Dallas and I was head over heels for her. Uh, and I gave her an ultimatum. I was like, it's going to be all or nothing. And she and she wanted to be like, why don't we just you know keep talking and then we'll just kind of see how it goes. I'm like, no, it has to be all or nothing. And she said, all right, well, it's nothing then. Uh, and uh, 
for a long time, yeah, I, I regretted that. I mean, now I look back, it's, you know, I was a kid. Uh, but for the longest time, I was like, man, I really fucked that up. That was the wrong move. You know, like, that was the wrong move. And if you're really into this girl, then, yeah, have some patience with it, man. I mean, don't try to push anything too hard here. You don't need to push anything too hard because you sound like you're just having a really good time. Uh, and keep having that good time. And if... You know, it's the whole old cliche of if you love her, let her go. Um, because if you do that the, and just kind of keep in contact, and if you fall out of contact with each other, then it wasn't meant to be. Uh, and you can move on to uh, to something else, man. But it sounds like this has been really good for you. Yeah, and also, I mean, if you stay in contact too, and little, if you're seeing other people, she's seen other people, and nothing, you know, is set in stone. It's like, who says you can't just go out there on a weekend and have a weekend bang? Yeah, you know, it's like then it's just kind of a fun thing. It's like, oh no, this is my friend. We talk every once in a while, and you know, every few months we meet up when we bang for two days straight, and then I come back to LA, and she continues on with her life. Yeah. Which is also a great thing to have. And it doesn't seem like you're ha- you're in the perspective, which I feel like so many people, not only in their early 30s, but through most of their 20s and of all time, past college. It's like there's so many people that are so obsessed with getting married, so obsessed with, you know, holding down the fort. And you don't seem to be that. No. Nah. Which is awesome. You, you seem have super chill about all of this. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. And but that's something I think you need to recognize within yourself that you're doing a great job with this. Mm-hmm. And no matter what happens, you're in a much better place than you were before. Yeah, man. I say you're doing this right. Just don't push it. Kind of keep it going and uh you know, whatever happens will happen, but uh, just let it unfold on its own. Yes. I think that's the best way to do it here is just let it unfold on its own. You can tell her how you feel and everything like that, but also tell her it's like, hey, you're the barber here. Uh, I'm into it. Also, let her know, like, you know, possibly after a while, just be like, well, yeah, I'm into it, but I'm not going to be around forever, you know, because you also don't want to just be the guy that's just sitting there waiting for her at to her call, beck and call at, yeah. her, at her beck and call. You don't want to be that guy either. Uh, but you can say like, yeah, you know, I can still be into this, but, you know, don't expect me to wait around for you for, you know, the next five years while you get your shit together. Um, just let it be known, uh, you know, let it unfold, but also don't get taken advantage of. And I'm glad that you didn't even bring up that you were going to move to San Diego with her. Oh, yeah. Brava. <laughs> I mean, like, because I feel like that, when I first started reading this letter, I was like, oh, don't move there with her. Don't mm-hmm. do that. But, you, like, that wasn't even on your mind. You're doing a great job. Yeah, man. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing good, man. Just fucking, just keep going with it. Next letter. What should we call her? Flipper hands. <laughs> It just kind of get gross. Is it gross? Well, I thought it was more fun. I was thinking more of like a manatee. <laughs> okay. Like the hands of a manatee. If we're talking manatees, yeah. then I'm down. What were you thinking? Uh, Like Lobster Boy. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I meant more like, like a penguin or a manatee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Hi, Jackie and Marcus. Thank you for your show. Voices chatting about mental illness so realistically and yet warmly is really comforting when I just need something going on in the background. Thank you very much for Hell listening. Hell yeah. We really appreciate that. I've had anxiety since childhood, and after going, quote-unquote, underground, it recently resurfaced in an incredibly debilitating way. I am constantly paranoid about my health, and I'm incredibly frightened that my body will, quote-unquote, stop working. My whole life, I've avoided medication because I need to be in control of my body at all times. I'm frightened that a pill... 
that I know would be altering my brain chemistry would make me psychosomatically create a whole new set of health problems and fears because of its presence. I made it worse by studying psychology and neuropharmacology extensively. I'm all too aware it's not exact science, and at this point I just need to weigh the pros versus cons of what is my last hope. What if I'm not the same person? What if I'm worse? What if I never go back to the way I was before once I stopped taking it? If you're currently on medication, how did you learn to let go and trust it? Most importantly, do you still feel like Marcus and Jackie? Meaning, do we still feel like ourselves? Yes. I actually think that um, medication allows me to be the person that I was meant to be. It allows me to get past all of the depression and the anxiety and the bullshit and all of that stuff has shaped me into being the person that I am today, I wouldn't trade it for anything because if I did not have the mental illness that I have, I would not be sitting here right now. I wouldn't be the person that that mental illness shaped me into being. Having said that though, having it under control is so much better. Uh, it allows me to move from a state of sheer survival uh, into a state where I am able to thrive. Medication does not make you thrive. Medication is not a magic uh, formula that will suddenly make you happy or not have anxiety or anything like that. It just helps you manage all of those things. So it just it helps me to become the person that I want to be. So that's part of it. There can be some medication that makes you not feel like yourself at all. Uh, I've been on that too. And that means that's the wrong medication. Right. That means you need to get on something different. I think really it's like, what if, what if I'm not the same person? You just got to ask yourself, what kind of person do you want to be? Uh, and what kind of person are you right now? Yeah. And I think that that's including in like writing those things down and figuring that out of for you, like what you are now, which is, yes, us at our basic form of what our brain decides for us to be. But what you want to be, if you create that for yourself, you have something to work towards. Yeah. And I did that 10 years ago. I sat down and uh, wrote out a list of what I wanted to be, how I wanted to act, like kind of little rules and goals for myself. It's like, these are the, this is the type of man that I want to be. I think it ended up being like 60 or 70 different, like just small little things, like who I am and what I want to be, like the things I liked about myself and the things that I wanted to be. And it's like taking a long time to get to the point where I think I look at it and not all of them have been checked off the list, but a lot of them have. I definitely had a goal for who I wanted to be. And at that time, hell, I didn't even really know what I wanted to do, but I knew who I wanted to be. And I think that's what medication does uh, for some people, at least, at least it does for me, is it allows me to be the person that I want to be. Uh, and what if I never go back to the way I was before uh, once you stop taking it? Uh, I haven't heard of medication like permanently breaking a person. I've definitely heard of like, acid doing that sure like oh yeah taking like way too much acid like um psychedelic drugs uh but that's like way too much acid. oh yeah because it just opens up things in your brain that aren't open for a reason sometimes <laughs> it's like yeah if you do it every once in a while it opens it up and that's awesome you see all these things but when it's permanently open 
There's a reason why the door is closed. Yeah. <laughs> the third eye should not be constantly open. Uh, but I know that's not what you're talking about. I, I haven't really heard of, uh, of medication permanently changing a person. If they don't like who they are on that medication, I haven't heard of it changing a person completely. But also you're worried about going back to the way that you used to be. But that's where you are right now, and you are unhappy with it. Mm-hmm. And that you're not that you're unhappy with it, but it's something that is not a stable life for you. So you shouldn't worry about getting back to the instability. You should concern yourself with moving forward rather than being like, "Oh, will I ever come back to the state?" Because the state that you're in is not a state you want to be in. Yeah, but I do kind of get what they're saying. Uh, yeah, is that sometimes if you try a lot of different medications, if you're having, uh, I've got a close friend that's going through at this point about a year and a half long depression anxiety bipolar is going through it and it's just been going through medication after medication and nothing has really worked all that well it's made things a little better but nothing has really worked all that well I think you can lose yourself in it sometimes. Uh, I think if you're trying a bunch of different medications and nothing really seems right, I think you can sort of lose yourself and your sense of self and like what you want to be and and who you want to be. But I think if you really focus on what you want to be, because I, you know, it it seems like. the person that I'm talking about just doesn't necessarily know who they want to be, you know, and what they want to do. I think if you're really looking to make your life better, I think you need to look at what you want to accomplish, what kind of person you really want to be at the end of the day. Uh, and if you don't know that, I mean, not a lot of us know what we want to do and what we want to be. Not a lot of us know. And when I say like what you want to be, I'm not talking about career. I guess it's more what type of person you want to be. Right. I I mean, that was my biggest problem on fluoxetine for all those years because I was so unhappy with what it did to my sex life and what it did that I didn't feel funny anymore. So that's how I had a speed addiction mm-hmm. because that was the only way I felt like I was funny again and I wanted to have sex again. And that's the opposite of what you're supposed to do. I was on the wrong medication. Yeah. And my therapist didn't know what to do. My psychiatrist was like, no, this is what you're supposed to be on, which was wrong. I should have dropped the psychiatrist because I wanted to be the same person, but you can't be the same person in the same way. But you can achieve a stability where you're happy with your sense of self. I guess that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. That like like trying to overcompensate in other ways because you think that it's going to change you forever. And the all the other ways to overcompensate are so dumb and wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like what I did was dumb and stupid and I could have fucking killed myself, you know, because I was so unhappy with how I was changing. But then I realized that it was the beginning of a change for me completely to identify that like my sex life is something that I will not compromise when it comes to taking medication. And that's something you have to figure out what to take. Mm-hmm. You have to just keep trying because that was something that I knew for me I would not compromise. Because that is a big part of my sense of self and it's a big part of my confidence is my sex life. Mm-hmm. And that's something I needed to recognize because I just didn't. I just covered it up. And that kind of self exploration was something that I realized that I needed to take care of. Yeah. I mean, as far as learning to let go and and trusting it, I mean, is it getting you uh, on the path to where you want to go? You know, if it is, then let go and trust it. If it isn't, try something else. But remember that you got to give this stuff a chance. A lot of this stuff, it's not something that you just take and then you feel better the next day. You know, you got to let it 
build up in your system, but always know that the pill only gets you halfway there. The rest of it is up to you. And I, I hope this hasn't been too confusing. I'm sorry. I don't know if I went <laughs> yeah. on a weird tangent. I, yeah, I knew I what I wanted I mean, to say. I don't know if I went on a weird tangent either. Uh, it's very complicated. Uh, uh, mental health is is an extremely complicated thing. And a lot of times, it, and it's a very personal thing. And that's kind of the, the catch-22 of the show that we do every week here. Now, this stuff is very specific to, to one, every person. To every person. Like, there's no textbook here. Like you said, like, it's not an exact science. Um, but the only thing that you know that you can do that you will always have control over is communicating with yourself. Yeah. And that's it. That is the one thing that, like, I think that you're so... that that you think about losing control and that you have chemicals in your body that are affecting you, you have to focus on what you can control in the situation. Mm -hmm. In any experiment, in anything, there's always, you know, the, the, what are they? The X's and the Y's. Variables. Variables. (laughs) (laughs) But the main thing with you is that what you can control is your self-communication, going to therapy, taking care of your sense of self, and that is something you will always have control over as long as you work on it. Yep. And if you start trying to find the things in your life that you can control, it will make everything else fall into place because our brains, you can't, like the chemistry is the chemistry. Yeah. I fucking wish I didn't have this. Yeah. There's a lot of people that wish they didn't have to deal with this because there's, so, there's people that don't have to deal with this and you get jealous and you get upset about it. But there are things in our life that we can control and that's what we have to focus on. Mm-hmm. I hope that helps. And that's all we got for today on Sex and Other Human Activities. If you got any uh, comments or questions for us, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, We'll talk to you all next week. Make noise and be free, fucker. Hakuna, motherfucker. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.